This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! All right, all right, party people in the place to be. Welcome back to Nerds from the Underground. I'm Johnny, and joining me in this very wild and exceptional episode, I have... Fred. That's right. It's me and Fred, the old guard. Wait, 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 no, we're actually talking about a different movie than the old guard. Yo, Fred, what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> uh, today, we're going to be talking about Philadelphia, Volume 1, and we're going to talk about the movie Extraction, Netflix original. Right, right, which was based on a graphic novel called Cudad by Oni Press. But before we get into that, we have our check-in. Yo, Fred. What did you read this week that just completely blew you away? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I would say, like, I read a book from SourcePoint Press. It was written by Frank Gogol. It was called No Heroin, and it, it was pretty good. It was, like, punk rock. This girl's, like, recovering from heroin, and it's it's punk rock. It's vampires, and she's trying to become sober for 90 days, and you see her struggle and how she deals with things and she kind of slays a bunch of uh, vampires on the way so it was was pretty cool awesome awesome yeah i've been seeing that around for a little bit since i started following frank gogol and yeah it sounds wonderful like no heroin i've actually been like had my eye on that for a bit so cool and for me i got um pdfs for one of my kickstarters that i backed Uh, it's an old 90s indie comic called warlock 5 it was so much fun dude like like the highlander and vampires and oh my god the terminator there's like a terminator robot it's it's just all the cool crazy sci-fi horror fantasy things kind of just thrown into like this really weird urban trash cinema grindhouse storyline it's it's terrific wow that sounds that sounds uh, kind of cool but yeah crazy at the same time <laughs> all right so you want to get into the extraction like, I want to go ahead and let you wig out first on what you thought of it, Fredward. Okay. When I first turned it on, and I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. Am I going to enjoy this movie? And, you know, at first I didn't think, like, I always associate Chris Hemsworth with Thor. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get past that. But, yeah, immediately he's a certified badass. The way that, like, he has a death wish for, would you call it a death wish for himself? Because he lost his, his own child? Yeah, uh, he was basically like a walking dead man. There's yeah. There's no way fans or buts about that. Yeah, and he had no fear or anything. Like, he would take any job and stuff just because he, you know, if he dies, he dies. And it's okay with him because then he felt like he would be with his son again. But the movie was outstanding, man. The, I mean, you didn't tell me that there was going to be chris hemsworth was going to be punching kids and slapping them not not literally punching them but he did it in a, a gentle way and he, I, dude i was cracking up so much at that fight scene with that farad kid and all his friends where they came after him and he i, I believe after it, he was like fucking kids or something like that like i just got attacked <laughs> by the goonies from hell yeah that's what he said and he did slug one man he punched <laughs> one right in the chest and dropped him and then like yeah he grabs a motorcycle and 
slams it on this other kid's ankles, which like yeah. ah, that's at least a sprain, man. That had to yeah. hurt. Yeah, and they have like they have all these guns and things in his face, so he has to defend himself. I mean, it, it was crazy, but you know, from that story with that fraud kid and stuff from the beginning, I guess I le- left out the part that he's dealing with like a drug lord and he works for this drug lord, kind of like a Pablo Escobar figure, and he was supposed to lose two digits because he the kid that was stealing money from this uh drug lord actually was thrown over at the top of a building off the roof of a building so he had to be the example of why he didn't steal from him but later on you find out that this guy is he redeems himself and in such a way that he'll piss you off at the end of the movie but yeah man i really enjoyed it it's tons of action i thought the body count was similar to john wick i mean i might be you know uh or you know inflating those hollywooding up those numbers but yeah man it was a great movie and a great thing but i have no knowledge of the book so that was enjoyable for me too well it's neat that you bring up the whole thing about hemsworth because that's what really struck me too i mean i i like him i've enjoyed him since jump street since star trek and yeah no he just plays that lovable dipshit character in just the best way possible but in this Mm -hmm. like he completely convinced me that he can be a legit action star i mean he could take over for stallone arnie all the mofos if he keeps on this trajectory because he just played that living the dead character perfectly And yeah, since I read the book and you didn't, I'll go ahead and touch on that. Even though I don't like to get negative, I have to admit that this is probably the worst graphic novel I ever read. It's called Q Dad. It was written by the Russo brothers and I think the guy that actually directed the film. And it just... Everything that worked really well in the movie wasn't present in the comics. Basically, Chris Hemsworth's character, like, he was like a war criminal in hiding, and he had some bad stuff on his shoulders, and he kind of, you're supposed to believe he had this living to die uh, malady in the book, but at the same time, he was doing more one-liners than Thomas Jane as the Punisher, which kind of really, really didn't sell it, as well as Hemsworth did with just, you know, looking distraught just looking destroyed the entire time other than that like they made it take place in south america which is really boring for you know a drug cartel type story i thought i'm moving it over to india and having it in between Kathmandu and india was a very interesting change of pace because we don't get to see that too often in action films especially crime action films so that was really cool but the biggest and the best change of the entire book the comic was the kidnapped person in the comic was a socialite teen girl who was basically just snotty obnoxious Mm -hmm. did every stupid thing a person being rescued shouldn't ever do and then eventually her and the chris hemsworth character end up banging and falling in love which is Uh ridiculous because the entire book they have not one shred of chemistry they they just yell at each other and cuss and it's terrible and then one senior just believes they're supposed to believe they're like okay they're just gonna bone down now yeah that 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 happens so i think that it was a really (laughs) wise move that they changed it to a young boy that reminded him of his dead son it definitely made it a lot more emotional it made a lot better chemistry between him and why he was so down to save this kid no matter what even after they find out that the deal's been blown and that there's another other guy working against him and stuff that he didn't try to turn on the kid because like it just mm-hmm. he just couldn't do it that was like he could kill anybody else he could didn't care if he died but that kid was coming out okay and i i thought that that really really saved the story and i'm really happy that they made those changes because like if you read the graphic novel it's just every cliche you could think of of a story like that thrown at the wall and it's it was really half-assed which is incredible to think that 
that turned into this just wonderful action-packed colorful just meaningful film and it's also kind of funny because how many amazing graphic novels i love have turned into bad movies that the worst graphic novel i've ever read turned out to be like one of my favorite comic book movies so far which you know you can't say that very often which is cool i guess <laughs> glad that he didn't end up uh, banging this character yeah, because be that would probably that would get him creepy. canceled but um <laughs> yeah it would be really creepy but you know you left out that like when i was watching this or i had no idea that the policeman from Stranger Things, I can't think of his name right offhands, but he was in this movie too, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, they're they're both in, like, this movie together, but, man, it's an excellent movie. You know, the, the betrayal, like, the I don't know the character that was guarding the boy, but, like, he tried to screw him over, not giving the wire transfer and stuff, and there was so many stories within the story, which made it great. Was that inside the book? A little bit. Basically, like, the dude was trying to, to kill the girl so he didn't get in trouble in the book. And this, they made it so he was kind of a good guy, too, which I, I thought was really cool. And, like, that dude was badass. Like, I don't understand why he needed to hire Hemsworth. I think he could have just been able to pull off what mm -hmm. Hemsworth did by himself because, like, when he shows up, he just starts wrecking fools. And then, like, the fights between him and Hemsworth, like, the one when, like, they're, I guess it's an apartment building. And, they're, like, they're, they fall down in the street and the Hemsworth hits him with the truck. And they're just... They're just wrecking each other. I mean, like, I think that that uh -huh. guy kind of messed up by, like, not trying to just yeah. take care of it by himself. I think he could have maybe handled it, but... Yeah, there's plenty of action, plenty of everything, and I'm just glad, like, you know, now that you mentioned, like, Chris Hemsworth, I had the same feeling when I saw Born Identity, and then I... I okay, I'm going to say I enjoy him as it... I don't know, do you enjoy Matthew uh, Damon as a... Born Identity. I like the first movie. The other two, the other okay. three suck ass, in my opinion. I hate Paul Greengrass's but directing, it, but yeah, I like the first one a lot. But you, you feel like he's an action star too, or no? a little bit? I think that he has a pretty decent range. Not as big as he'd like to think it was. I think he's pretty shit at drama acting. But I think that yeah, he's pretty decent as an action star, and he's really funny when like he does his comedy stuff. Yeah, I think those are his strong suits. After watching this movie, I had the same feeling as I would put Hemsworth in the same category. I wouldn't call him, you know, like one of the like. They're not going to put him on the Expendables or anything right away. Um, he's not going to be there with Jason Statham and, you know, Sylvester Stallone and guys like that. But uh, <laughs> I did think that it was pretty good. But, yeah, man, it's a, it's a great movie. And the ending, man, the ending, I was so pissed. Fuck you, Farad. That's all I have to say. I mean, that's... <laughs> that kid but what about the kills man like some of his kills are just so crazy like he mm -hmm. literally picks up one dude and like swings him like a baseball bat and yeah. breaks another guy's neck with like another mm -hmm. human's body i was just like dude that is so freaking cool I yeah, like i never yeah. even thought of like a shot like that until i saw it and i'm like dude that's brutal and, badass. and that's why I, th I felt like it it reminded me a little bit like john wick at times because of some of the kills like the, some of the things he was doing i'm like hell no this dude no it wasn't all straight headshots like john wick but i mean this like he he was using like furniture and he used that the rake yeah, in the, the beginning yeah, oh the, the... man that, that was bad i like i felt like like American History X with the mouth on the curb scene and I had hair stand up on my arms and I'm like, come on, man, this is terrible. <laughs> like I, that stuff, like, oh, oh, man. 
Oh. Yeah, no, it was really oh, good movie, yes. really strong characters. I even like at the end when like the rest of his team shows up and the little hot chick, she like sh- pulls out a rocket and like shoots down a helicopter and then snipes that evil like um, Hindu Sean Connery looking guy. I was like, hell yeah, man, mm-hmm. even even hottie's badass, man. Yeah, the yeah the the general, yeah, she took the general out because he was sniping everyone. I was like, man, this dude is sick with it. I'm like, how's this going to end? And then finally she, she got the general, and I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. Like, And then she got the spoilers, the drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, and that sucks. Like, <laughs> I would hate to, like, die with my dick in my hand like that guy did, man. Like, it, like at least he was, like, looking at, like, a very beautiful woman, but, like, still, like, he was peeing, and she shot him. Yeah. Like, that's cold, yeah. girl. You got to at least let him shake first. <laughs> Yeah, he probably would. I, I guess he shit himself after that too, probably because isn't that what they say happens? Supposedly, yeah. It depends on how much you got inside. Maybe he went before. I don't know, but yeah, more than, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm just glad that you uh, said to check it out because it's definitely something I do enjoy and stuff. And if you're a fan of like the old guard, this is up there, like that level of uh, movie. Uh, produced by netflix yeah i think they probably used the same fight choreographer because the fights were very similar between the two films and and probably the same weapons trainer because like the how legit like they moved and held their weapons and stuff like actual soldiers in both films i i would think that like maybe they got a group Mm -hmm. deal and just kind of like trained both films at the same time type of thing (laughs) or i'm not sure but kind of what it seemed like which is a good model i mean like both the movies look fantastic i don't see very many like theatrical films that come out with fights that good like you literally have to go to john wick to see like fights and kills as good as you do in like those two netflix films legit right it's i'm just glad that you brought this up in this I kind of wanted to read the book after, but now that you explained it like that, I don't want to read it. But I'll continue to watch this, especially if there's a sequel. I think it would be neat to read. Maybe you might like it more than I did, but I don't know to see how like you could take something that was very mediocre and meh, and with a little bit of ingenuity, you could actually tune it into something amazing which I, I is kind of a cool little redemption story for the story of this film so you now like you could at least look at it like that if you do check it out but don't pay full price for it like i legit like i remember i found it at the lcs it was like a little like digest size hardcover and i was <laughs> really really excited when i bought it man because i was like into it i was like dude this is gonna be so cool and then i read it and i was just like man fuck this book <laughs> And then I sent it to my friend James, you know, you know, Whitey from YouTube. And like, I gave it to him. I don't even know if he's even read it because like, I didn't even want it in my room anymore. And then like, when the film came out, I didn't even know it was based on it. I just saw that like one of the Russo brothers produced it and it had Hemsworth in it. So I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it. And then like about to the part when they were about to meet David Arbor's character, I'm like, dude, this is reminding me a lot of Q Dad. And I'm like, wait, the Russo brothers wrote Q Dad. And then I like looked it up on a line. I'm like, yeah based on it okay you guys pulled a sneaky one but i'm happy you did because like i maybe wouldn't have watched the film if i knew ahead of hand that it was based off of that graphic novel and i would have screwed myself over bad if i did that you know what i mean so that's that's sad that you had to get rid of that book because you didn't want it to look at you anymore (laughs) i'm like that when i when i finally (laughs) find like a book that just completely pisses me off like i i I need to get rid of it i can't you know keep it you know it's it's gotta go you channeled your inner Billy Madison and stop, stop staring at me, cool dad. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> uh, 
So, all right, you want to get into Philadelphia, Fredward? Yes, absolutely. This is Fred's pick for best of 2020 so far. This, of course, is Philadelphia, written by one Mr. Rodney Barnes. We have art, just beautiful, beautiful, detailed art by Jason Sean Alexander. We have colors by Lewis NCT. I'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce that, so I'm just going to say NCT. Lettering by Marshall Dillon, like the Marshall Dillon, like from, you ever see that show Gunsmoke? Like, that was the name of the cop on Gunsmoke. And edited by Greg Tumbrello. Okay. Sins of the Father. Featuring the show-stopping talents of Spawn series artist Jason Sean Alexander and the writer behind such hit shows as Wu-Tang, An American Saga, Marvel's Runaways, and stars American Guards Rodney Barnes. When a small-town beat cop comes home to bury his murdered father, revered Philadelphia detective James Strangster Sr., he stumbles into a mystery that will lead him down a path of horrors and shake his beliefs to their core. The city that was once the symbol of liberty and freedom has fallen to corruption, poverty, unemployment, brutality, and vampires. Now, it's up to Jimmy and an unexpected companion to stop long-thought-dead President of the United States John Adams from building an undead army and staging a bloody new American revolution. There's a reason they say you can't go home again. Welcome to Philadelphia. Pow, pow. Okay, what really got me into this book was the John Adams aspect. And I kind of used, like, patriotism to, like, create a, an army. The And, you know, he did create the Sons of the Republic, which happens to be, like, one of those uh, secret societies that they talk about in like 1765 where they kind of orchestrated like the boston tea party and things like that and i believe that this party was also the reason why they started the tea party in modern day politics so i think that's why he kind of put them both together so he could you know play politics and stuff and you know but it, i thought that was really interesting and i think he used them most likely because John Adams got crapped on a lot in Hamilton. So I think it, it, this was his way to elevate him. But this book to me, the first time I picked it up, like, okay, it's one of those books that I, you know, I buy a lot of floppies and they sit there for a couple weeks and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I don't read solicits uh, beforehand. So I'm like, Philadelphia, I don't know if I want to pick this one up and read it. And it sat there for like three weeks. So then when I did actually jump into it and stuff, I was all into it for the crime noir aspect. Because as you know, I'm a huge like crime noir guy. And I don't necessarily like vampires. So I didn't know how I was going to receive this. But I just enjoy the, the story, the the art. The art is fantastic. Like some of the greatest art I've ever seen. Like the pictures of people's faces up close look so real. I'm like, this has to be a photograph. No one drew this. No one painted this. But yeah, he actually did do all this. And I think it, it does your trade show like the actual photos where he took these people's 
faces and drew them? Uh, there's a little bit of that in the back. Yeah, there's a, he showed it how he used photo reference okay. for when the the doctor was hitting one of the vampires upside the face in the in the morgue scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is pretty cool. A lot of photorealistic guys use photo reference materials when they when they draw like that. To me, this is like it's it's really cool. They used yellow fever as how John Adams fakes his death. And he, you know, runs rampant in modern daytimes in Philadelphia. It happens, like, in the inner city. So, you know, it's a lot of uh, people of color representation, which is really cool. You know, I'm I'm huge into, like, the hip-hop culture. So you get a little hip-hop culture in there. I think they even mentioned, like, Rocky, and I'm a huge Rocky fan. Go figure, right? But, yeah, man, it has the right amount of comedy in, in it, not too much. But I, I just really enjoy the, the book, and... Um, wondering how you felt about it that's kind of funny that you brought up the name because that's that's what i thought when you first told me like yo dude read Philadelphia." i was like man that sounds like a fucking 90s indie film that's trying to rip off quentin tarantino <laughs> Philadelphia. And, and 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 i looked and i was like man vampires again like oh and um, you kept on it and then i actually like looked into it and i saw that like jason sean alexander who i'm a huge fan of did the art for it so i was just like screw it yeah i'm gonna get into it and then like everybody else like kept building and building the pyre up and like yeah i got i got really into the hype for it and yeah, no, it, it's it's a phenomenal book. I particularly really enjoy the writing between Jimmy and his dad. I think that their back and forth is very well written, and it really kind of gives it a more mm-hmm. human element that a lot of other of these kind of stories don't. The kind of vampire invasion angle in this, it really reminded me of Guillermo del Toro's The Strain, which is cool. I, I love that. So it's kind of neat. And if you're going to kind of follow a blueprint, you might as well follow one of something that's awesome. And like you said, like, I don't, I'm bored of vampires, but this kind of really made him interesting because they just, he puts so much into it. Like you said, there's the yellow fever thing. You got the the group of the young vampires that kind of go out and do his bidding, which I, I also thought was really cool. You had like Tevin and the, the other young African-American. Well, I guess they're not really, most of them aren't even young. A lot of them are as old as John Adams is, but yeah, they kind of just run around and you know kind of do the the setup work for the big conflict that comes and the best mm-hmm. thing about this book is it doesn't bog itself down into setup and you know it kind of really like starts right as soon as the fuse gets lit and it's a short fuse so like by issue two you're already in the deep water there's already like vampires running the streets and busting out of subway train cars and chasing chasing everybody around and so it, it's a book that really really steps on the gas fast but you don't feel like you missed anything i really like that it didn't drag its feet in trying to with expectations position like in i think the it was the second issue they kind of go in deep with john adams's plight and backstory but after they cover that they just get right into the gore and the action and the and the killing and it's great i mean mm-hmm. it's <laughs> i think like the first the first two issues you really get invested into the the characters the son and you know the the people that were harmed in the beginning you get invested in that story and then when you move to i I do think it was issue three where you get a lot of john adams and you get his story but there's teasers of the john adams stuff in the beginning issues as well it just isn't laid out as much but i think that's how he won me over was the investment in those those other characters in the beginning because if it went 
right to John Adams and vampires, I'd be like, oh, here we go again. Abraham Lincoln, vampire slayer or something. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, it's 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 been done. But I was so invested to in those the characters in the first two issues, the family where the, you know, at the hospital scenes and things like that. And yeah, Tevin and his grandma. And then yeah. even was able to set up a cute romance between Jimmy and Josie from the morgue in the middle uh-huh. of all this. And it didn't even feel forced, which I thought was really cool. Usually, like, when they kind of throw in, so, like, a little romance angle like that, feels like it's been shoehorned in, but not here. It was actually kind of cute when, like, they uh-huh. had their moment. And then we get a huge payoff at the end that, you know, I'm not going to say that I cried or anything, but, you know, the the relationship be for, between father and son it was very touching and i didn't expect that coming into this book that i was with a book titled philadelphia it wouldn't become like a feel-good story but it actually does at the end of the first arc. Yeah, it really does. It, it has a full circle. It does everything right. I think that, like, it's basically a film on paper, in my opinion. Like, it looks so cinematic. It moves like a movie. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you know, yeah. it looks so real. So, like, yeah, it's basically the like, guy, like, mm-hmm. like, kind of feel like you're just, like, looking at a storyboard for a film that's about to get made. You know what I mean? That's really, like, kind of how the book felt to me, which I would be so down to see a film for it if it was casted right. Yeah, and I know that he mentioned that they're doing like a there's a plan for a, a tv series for it and i think that's because i believe that he's mentioned also that it's supposed to go like five arcs long and he's also writing that too and you know he's written other things i think he's been on like boondocks he's written things for boondocks of course you mentioned like the wu-tang uh clan the saga continue have you ever watched have you watched that yet no i haven't watched it i don't have hulu okay Okay, yeah, it's it's really good, man. And I know that he's worked on, I think he's done stuff with Blade. He's He was a stand-in for a body double for Michael Duncan Clark on the Green Mile and things like that. So he could work, you know, get in there with uh, Stephen King and stuff. I think, like, he's really inspired by, you know, King. And, you know, the even the Falcon book that he did for Marvel that wasn't, like, so well-received he actually did like blade was in that too so i think he has a thing with vampires i don't ever hold people's big two work against him like i remember when like i first got my buddy james into colin bunn he was like i don't want to read colin bunn i don't like his marvel work and i'm like how can you hold this marvel work against him man read I, like read Haro County and he's like I don't I don't know and like I'm like dude read Haro County and he's like finally did and he's like dude this is so good and I'm like yeah read Sixth Gun and he read Sixth Gun and he's like wow dude Colin Bunn's amazing and I'm like yeah. I told you you fucking do not ever judge anybody on their big two work unless that's all they do is big two work you know what I mean like go for Jones yeah. or somebody like that right no no you you want their creative own stuff and where they can actually you know, tell their story without an editor breathing down their neck to um, switch some things up because it isn't DC enough or Marvel enough. Or I'm sure Marvel's like, make some more jokes. That'd be funny, right? Because that's what they do. But yeah, I think that this is his element and stuff, and I can't wait to see what he does. I know that he does have plans to do a a couple other books with jason sean alexander and i can't wait to see those because i i remember the first time i saw jason sean alexander's art within uh spawn which was really good and now to see this i'm like wow uh this is this was a good book i i really enjoy it and it's definitely in my top five of 2020 yeah i've I've been a big fan of alexander's since the 90s man when he was doing the original empty zone which such a good cyberpunk comic and then like he kind of relaunched it a couple years ago at image and man it was such a good just beautiful 
hardcore cyberpunk John Constantine thing, and I don't know why it didn't do better, but like I think now he has like this buzz behind his name thanks to Rodney that like I really hope he kind of does more Empty Zone in the future because I think it'll really catch on now because people actually know his name, and I hope the best for Rodney Barnes. Like I yeah. like this book a lot, and I like him. He's been super, super nice to me on Twitter over the past couple weeks so yeah no like i i gotta mm-hmm. show nothing but respect for a guy that's just so giving yeah. and so happy and thankful to have fans you know what i mean he's just he's just a good dude yep, a really really good dude a good follow if you like that can't wait to see all the other stuff that he does i i know that you know you're you don't do sports but i know that he's got a show in the works where it's based upon the showtime lakers and he's writing that as well so I can't wait to, you know, whenever this COVID stuff breaks away and stuff, would, and I can get that in my hands because I can't wait to watch that. I'm a big basketball fan, you know, living in, you know, Metro Detroit area. Gotta love uh, hoops. What's uh, What are the Showtime Lakers? Like, did they change, like, the LA Lakers name into the Showtime Lakers? Showtime was during the time where, like, Jerry Buss, the ownership of the Lakers, changed over to him, and they did the Magic Johnson where they were, like, flashy, you know, and they called, like, when Magic was leading the point, they called him Showtime and stuff. And Okay, so it's going to be a, a cinematic version of t- retelling of yes. the, that that time and era of the team. Yeah. Okay, that's neat. Like, I might actually check that out. I got If it's dramatized and serialized, I could probably get into it. I just can't sit there for, like, five hours watching people run back and forth with the fucking ball. <laughs> no i don't think it's a documentary i think there's a gonna you know he's writing actual scripts and things like that it's based on upon the book i've never read the book but i'm a magic was my favorite player and i wore 32 in high school so you know that's that's one reason why i want to check it out besides after watching the wu-tang the saga continues which happens to be you know, one of my favorite rap groups of all time, too. I can, I'm going to watch it because that was so well done, too. So Shouldn't you be like a Tropics fan? Because aren't you from like Detroit Flint area? I know the Tropics haven't been around since <laughs> like Flint. 1974, but still, like, that should be your team, right? <laughs> They're not even real. That's Flint Tropics. <laughs> but the Flint Tropics weren't real? What about Jackie no. Moon and his Love Me Sexy song, man? Come on. <laughs> no, that's not real. I mean, that's I mean, I do like the the songs were pretty good, yeah. but um yeah, I I am a fan of like that uh that funk. It, would you call that funk like that yep. um Quentin Tarantino style music and it was, stuff? It was it was Motown um stylized disco, I would say that song was, the one that Jackie Moon yeah. sang. Gonna love me sexy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But all right, folks, yeah. that was Philadelphia. This was Nerds from the Underground. You can find me on Twitter at JohnnyAlpha81 and on YouTube at Graphic Vandalism. You can find me at, on Twitter at ComicsFred. You can find the show on Twitter at NerdsFrom. We are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network, and we'd really appreciate it if you guys would check out some more shows on the network. But until then, aloha! <laughs> <laughs>